The Olivet Discourse is a body of teaching that contains Jesus' answers to questions about the end of the age, just days before he went to the cross. This section of scripture is also called the mini-apocalypse for how it parallels Revelation 6-7 and the four horsemen of the apocalypse. What does the mini-apocalypse tell us about the end of the age? What signs did Jesus tell his disciples to look for before his second coming? Among the signs are false Christs, wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters, persecution, pestilences, apostasy, lawlessness, and the worldwide preaching of the gospel. According to Jesus, all these are but the beginning of the birth pangs, increasing with frequency and intensity as we get closer to the end. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Looking for a sign? Let's explore a few signs that the end might be near on this Wednesday edition of Something Good. Hello and welcome to today's teaching with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Source Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, thanks for stopping by. Just a few days before Jesus went to the cross on our behalf, some of the disciples sat with Jesus on the Mount of Olives and asked, what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Ron explores the Lord's answer next as he continues his teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Exploring the Prophecies of Jesus. Stick around if you can or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Matthew 24, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message. Signs, the end is near. Well, road signs are an essential and important part of any travel experience. You, you've known that on your family vacations, uh, especially when you're driving. A road sign is very important. Uh, it tells you where you are. It tells you uh, how, how many more miles you have to go to get to your destination. Uh, a road sign will also tell you how, how fast you're allowed to travel by law, whether you uh, uh, acknowledge that or not and practice it. Uh, some road signs fall into the category of what we call billboards. And um, billboards, like a road sign, will inform us, uh, maybe invite us to come to a certain place. Some billboards put a smile on our face, don't they? I'm thinking of some billboards I'm aware of, and maybe you're aware of as well, uh, whether you're traveling north or south on I-95. There are some signs that begin to appear for a place called South of the Border. And uh, there's a, a mascot named Pedro, who's a kind of a Mexican bandito caricature that uh, talks to us along the way and gives us some encouragement and, and, and marks down the miles along the way. South of the border, well, their philosophy is take it easy on the road to life. And the name, uh, the, actually the attraction gets its name from uh, the fact that they are just south of the North Carolina border uh, into um, South Carolina in a place called Dillon, South Carolina. Yeah, you ever heard of that? No? You, you only hear of it because of south of the border, right? And it's a rest stop. It has all kinds of uh, different things from uh, restaurants and gas stations and video arcades. There's a motel there. There's a truck stop. Uh, there's a mini golf course. There's some shopping, fireworks stores. You kind of get the idea. But Pedro, Pedro's the main event. And Pedro loves to 
you know, make us smile with these billboards. I wrote down a few that I thought were, were pretty good. At the 10-mile marker out, Pedro advertises his great hot dogs on sale by saying, you never sausage a place, you're always a wiener at Pedro's. You never sausage a place. If Pedro has to explain himself, it's not that funny. I, I, I get that. At 23 miles out, Pedro offers a weather report. He says, chilly today and hot tamale. Oh, come on. That's really good stuff. It puts a smile on our face. All right, 29 miles out. This is the last one I'll share with you. My favorite is when Pedro says, keep yelling, kids. They'll stop. Now, I really have a bone to pick with Pedro on this one because, um, I mean, 29 miles out, Pedro, you want my kids to yell for 29 miles? Maybe nine miles, maybe nine-tenths of a mile, but not 29 miles. Okay, so Pedro doesn't put as big of a smile on your face as he does mine. Um, my son sent me a sign that he saw posted in the great state of Texas. Maybe this one hits home. When this virus is over, I still want some of y'all to stay away from me. <laughs> there we go. There we go. You know, it's probably not right for a pastor to say amen to this one. But um, signs are meant to grab our attention, aren't they? They're meant to inform us. They're meant to invite us to do something. Uh, that's true for Pedro's signs. It's also true for the signs that Jesus gave to his disciples 2,000 years ago in response to the question, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? What a great question. We're in this series of messages called, What on Earth is Happening? And we're going to Matthew 24 and 25, known as the Olivet Discourse. And uh, this is a period of time in Jesus' life uh, that we call Holy Week. It's just days before he goes to the cross um, for the crucifixion and then three days later for his resurrection. Probably Monday night, most people say, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday night. The other gospel writers tell us that during Holy Week, that final week of Jesus' life leading up to his crucifixion, he went back to the Mount of Olives every night. One of those nights, Mark tells us that four of his disciples asked him questions about the end of the age. Peter, James, John, and Andrew sat down with Jesus on the Mount of Olives, <laughs> I would have loved to have been there and asked this question, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus didn't give just one sign, he gave many. And we're gonna talk about some of what we would categorize as the general signs that the end might be near. Signs that Jesus told us to look for. Um, and we've been looking at them for more than 2,000 years, haven't we? Before we get into the specifics of these signs, uh, let me just tell you a little bit about um, the nature of these signs. First of all, Jesus says they're like birth pains. Every mother and grandmother understands the analogy. You know that as you get closer and closer to that child being born, the birth pangs will grow in frequency and in intensity. That's what Jesus had in mind here. There's one sense in which these general signs we'll look at today have been going on for 2,000 years, but the idea is that as we get closer and closer to the end of the age, we will see them increase in frequency and in intensity. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that um, uh, the nature of Bible prophecy is such that, whether it's in the Old or New Testament, oftentimes 
there's a near-term fulfillment to the prophecy, and there's a longer-term fulfillment to the prophecy as well. That's why sometimes Bible students and Bible teachers and even Bible scholars get confused on whether even Matthew chapter 24 was fulfilled in 70 A.D. at the destruction of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem, and that all of Matthew 24 and 25 refer to that time period. It's a little bit hard to fit some of the later things that Jesus says into that time period. But there is and was a near-term fulfillment, but there is a much longer-term fulfillment as well. The other thing I want you to keep in mind is that Matthew 24, verses 4 through 14, many uh, people see a parallel to Revelation chapters 6 and 7. Now, follow me here. Revelation 6 through 19 reveals um, the cataclysmic and apocalyptic destruction that comes to the earth during what is known as the tribulation period, a seven-year period of time also known in Scripture as Jacob's trouble, a period that I believe follows the rapture of the church. Uh, there are three kind of phases of judgments, the seal judgments, seven of them, followed by the trumpet judgments, seven of those, followed by seven bowl judgments. Many people see the language that Jesus uses in Matthew 24, 4 through 14 as parallel to Revelation 6 and 7, which detail um, the, the arrival of what is called in the book of Revelation the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, four horses of different colors with different riders. And uh, if you understand these general signs as intensifying, like birth pangs, during the tribulation period, well, there, there are some, some parallels to Revelation chapters 6 and 7. I'll allude to that a little bit as time goes on here. But I encourage you to read that in parallel to Matthew 24, uh, 4 through 14. With that in mind, let's talk about some general signs that the end is near and look around the world in which we're living today and see if we uh, see any of this coming. I've, I've categorized these general signs seven different ways. First, Jesus talks about false Christs and false prophets. Uh, verse 4, and Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. Now scroll down to verse 11, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Has that been true for 2,000 years? Sure it has. I remember when the Apostle Paul left the church at Ephesus, a church that he planted, a church where he stayed for three years, longer than he stayed at any of the churches that he had planted. And as he was leaving, as he was departing, he gathered with the elders there on the seashore before he was going to set sail. There was weeping. There was sadness that Paul was leaving. But one of the things he said to the elders there at Ephesus, he warned them that uh, savage wolves might come into the church and uh, distort the gospel and deceive them. There have been false Christs and false teachers and false prophets and deceivers, you know, who, who are wolves in sheep's clothing, uh, claiming to be uh, prophets of God and preachers of God's word for 2,000 years. The idea is that as we get closer and closer to the end of the age, this will increase. And certainly during the tribulation period, when these birth pangs are right 
at the midnight hour, so to speak, and their frequency and intensity increases, the Bible says that even the devil himself will fill a character known as the Antichrist, even the false prophet, and give them signs and wonders to perform that might even deceive the very elect, the Bible says. It's all just a reminder to know your Bible and know it well. Still ahead, the second half of Dr. Ron Jones' Something Good radio message, Signs the End is Near. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org to share your request, and our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore option at the top of the homepage, then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You icon. While you're there, select the Library tab to find a host of great resources at our online store. Again, that web address is somethinggoodradio.org. For more signs that the end of days may be closer than we think, let's dive into the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Signs the End is Near. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. I'm concerned that we're living in a biblically illiterate time. Uh, This book we call the Bible is the best-selling book of all time. Unfortunately, it's also the least read. And there are people who are sitting in churches today that don't know their Bible, They don't know it with a discerning heart and mind enough to be able to detect a false prophet, a false teacher. They will use Christian language that you might be familiar with, but they'll redefine it and twist it just that much to lead you astray. That's number one. Second category is wars. Uh, Let's read on in uh, verse 6, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, Jesus says, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, he says. Wars and rumors of wars. Has that been true for 2,000 years? Sure it has. Again, general signs of the times that will increase with frequency and intensity as we get closer and closer to the end of the age. Interestingly enough, the New York Times says that of the past 3,400 years, humans have been entirely at peace on planet Earth for only 268 of them. That's only 8% of the recorded history during that time. Uh, For 92% of the time, there's been wars and rumors of wars on planet Earth. When we go into the tribulation period, there are two major wars that are prophesied about in the pages of Scripture. You might want to write this down. The first is Ezekiel 38 and 39. You ever heard about the war that involves Gog and Magog? Uh, Bible scholars and teachers are uh, sometimes not in agreement in terms of exactly when this war might take place. Some say prior to the rapture of the church. Uh, I think the best scholarship probably places it just inside uh, the tribulation period after the church is raptured out of this world, but probably in the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. Uh, uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 speak of nations to the northernmost parts of the earth, uh, probably a reference to the north of Israel because the Bible always thinks of geography in terms of north, south, east, and west of Israel. And those nations to the northernmost part of the earth 
uh, involve Russia. Again, a lot of discussion, a lot of debate about that among Bible scholars, but I think the best uh, scholarship uh, really does point to Russia and a coalition of other nations that attack Israel in the early parts of the tribulation period. That's one war that is prophesied that is yet to come. You can read about it in Ezekiel 38 and 39. The other, of course, is the Battle of Armageddon, which is at the other end of the seven-year tribulation period. Uh, it's the final consummation of the age. If you go to Israel with us, we, we go to um, the Valley of Jezreel and look out over that uh, battlefield that Napoleon once looked at and said it's the greatest battlefield on planet Earth. And there the Bible describes uh, a great war uh, of all the nations on the earth as they come against um, uh, the nation of Israel uh, toward the end of the age. And it's the second coming of Jesus Christ that stops the war and wins the war for Israel and then ushers in um, his millennial reign. So wars and rumors of wars, they'll always be with us. I know there are people who work on peace treaties and uh, peace arrangements, but they'll just be short. Even the Antichrist will negotiate peace in the Middle East in the front half of the tribulation period, but that, uh, that peace will be short-lived, uh, and we'll get more to more of that next week. Third category is natural disasters. Uh, look at it in the middle of verse 7 where Jesus said, um, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. Now hold your place here in Matthew 24 and go with me to Luke chapter 21, uh, one, of the, uh, one of two parallel passages in the Gospels, the other being Mark 13, where the Olivet Discourse is, um, is laid out. I like Matthew 24 and 25 because it's the most expansive but in Luke chapter 21, in verse 11, Luke says that Jesus added, there will be a great earth, earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from the heavens. All of these, what we, we might call natural disasters or uh, things that are happening in the world around us. Uh, let's just break it down a little bit. Earthquakes. We could go back in time as early as the 20th century, and you would see earthquakes around the globe increasing with intensity and frequency, and in places that nobody would imagine an earthquake would ever be. We all hear of the San Andreas Fault in California, and we expect the big one to come at some point, right? Californians live with that. But what about, um, you know, earthquakes in a place like... Um, well, Alaska, just a few weeks ago, a 7.8 quake rocked uh, just off the coast of Alaska. Well, we might expect one up there, I don't know, but that seems a little bit odd. Uh, just last week, did you hear about this? A 5.1 earthquake struck near Sparta, North Carolina. Are you kidding me? Jesus said as we get closer and closer to the end of the age, earthquakes will happen in various places. I remember years ago when we were living in Washington, D.C. and serving a church there, Catherine and I were awakened in the middle of the night to what we learned the next morning was an earthquake in the nation's capital, not a place that most of us think is earthquake prone. What about famines? Again, we could go back um, just a century or two and trace you know, an increase in the frequency of famines 
all over planet Earth. Just recently, I read that experts say that COVID-19, the pandemic, has put 265 million people at risk of famine on planet Earth right now. And then Jesus adds pestilences. What's a pestilence? What's well, a viral disease? It's the coronavirus and things like that. I made the bold statement last week that I was gonna place the coronavirus, COVID-19, right in the middle of Bible prophecy. And here it is. Jesus said these kinds of diseases and pestilences and global pandemics will increase with frequency and intensity as we get closer and closer to the end of the age. Let me just take you back to the early 20th century where deadly pandemics have uh, come upon our planet, starting with uh, the Spanish flu in 1918. Some believe as many as one-third, one-third of the world's population at that time became infected with the Spanish flu. Fifty million people died in 1918, making it the deadliest pandemic in modern history. Others since the beginning of the 20th century include cholera, 800,000 deaths, Asian flu, 2 million deaths, Hong Kong flu, 1 million deaths, HIV AIDS, 36 million deaths worldwide. In just the last few years, we have uh, endured, again, kind of like birth pangs, many more dangerous pathogens, including SARS, swine flu, Ebola, avian flu, MERS, West Nile virus, and now the coronavirus. And I kind of get the sense that this isn't going to be the last global pandemic we're going to face in our lifetime, if I understand the nature of the birth pangs as we get closer and closer to the end of the age. By the way, I was thinking during the HIV AIDS epidemic, where were the public demands for citizens of the world to practice social distancing? You're listening to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's message, Signs the End is Near, is part of Ron's series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Look for it under the Library tab at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Have you ever wanted to visit the land of the Bible and walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones and the Something Good Radio team for a thrilling Israel tour happening in January 2022. Experience a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Walk down the Via Dolorosa. Visit Gethsemane where Jesus prayed and Calvary where he shed his blood for you. Step inside the empty tomb and see for yourself that your Savior is risen indeed. Is the Holy Land on your bucket list? Experience Israel 2022. Register at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Is traveling to the Holy Land on your bucket list? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones on a Something Good travel experience. Experience Israel by walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Experience Greece by navigating Paul's missionary journeys. Tour the lands of the Bible, grow your faith, make new friends, and travel beyond belief. For more information about upcoming Something Good travel experiences, visit somethinggoodradio.org travel. Something Good Radio exists only through the faithful prayer and financial support from friends and listeners like you. 
When you give a gift today, Ron will say thank you by giving you the complete audio download of the teaching series you're hearing now. What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. That's What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Request this eight-message series today when you make a gift to Something Good Radio. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Jesus refers to it, uh, rather a sixth category, is lawlessness. He refers to it in verse 12. He says, and because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Do I need to convince anybody today that we're living in a time when lawlessness seems to be the rule of the land, at least in some of our major cities across the United States? I mean, this idea of defunding the police, whose bright idea was this? That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Signs the End is Near. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and all of us here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.